Uncomfortable Queens Productions presents Black in the Field. Where there is comfort, there is growth. For centuries, Black women have stretched to the benefit of everyone but themselves. Join us as we dissect the Black experience in the workplace and the world. Crown Jewel. The Black woman is the mule of the world. Zora Neale Hurston, Their Eyes Were Watching God, 1937. And the Black man is the first place jockey, T.T. Yo, we yo, back. we back, mm. we back, we back. Hey, we back. Hey, we up in here. We up in here. We in here. We in here. So what's going what's... on, sis? How you feeling? Hey, I mean, I'm. I feel like I start off the same way. I mean, um, that's my Baltimore, <laughs> y'all. You know, I, I'm good. I'm straight. It's it's a good it's a good afternoon. The sun finally came out after raining for forty days and forty nights. It felt like okay. So, it's good to actually see the sun out. And uh, yeah, what's up with you? How you feeling? I'm feeling good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm make the audience laugh real quick. So I wanted little eggs and bacon this morning, and mm-hmm. uh, I burnt my bacon though. So mm. I put my bacon in the oven, and then I wasn't paying attention because I was working from home. And then I said, "What's this smoky smell?" I looked in. Mm. Oh, oh Lord. Hold up, hold up. I pull, I pulled the bacon. I said, okay. So I'm from the school of. If y'all not from the school of this, but this one, my mama told me, it ain't burnt, it's crispy. So I pulled it out and I like <laughs> bacon. And I says, you know what? It's pieces I can eat. I'm not gonna throw it all away. Okay. But that's what. That's where I came from. I said, you know, it's just a little crispy. So I Peak. ate my little crispy bacon and my little boiled egg, and I had a little black. And I had a good time. That's how I felt today. Peak <laughs> black. That was cocoa <laughs> butter on your elbows. Ebony and Jet magazine on the coffee table. Black, and I'm here for it always. That is hilarious, y'all, because you know you know how I feel about bacon. So you know yeah. I'm with you yeah. on the preserving bacon because ain't nothing like a good piece. <sighs> ain't a nothing like a good piece of bacon. Mm. A good piece of bacon. And that's how I felt. I said, I'm gonna preserve this bacon. I'm not throwing away. I know it is burnt, but my mama told me it's not burnt, it's crispy. Because you look, you can relate, sis. You pull that uh good old bread out the toaster and it's a little burnt on the crust and your mom tell you take the butter knife and cr- take the little crust off because it's okay. That's how I felt about the bacon today. That's how I felt. It's I edible. It. It's edible. It, it was. <laughs> 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 Yo. Mm. That's how I felt today. That's that's my day. So I'm feeling good. I have my bacon, my eggs. You know, I'm good. good. I'm vibing. Feeling. you know you know what that whole thing that whole situation was <laughs> nutty in the squirrel shit it it was nuttier than squirrel shit that i didn't want to i didn't want to say it was burnt but it was crispy <sighs> okay. okay okay so here we go that was that was the perfect setup so what's what's so all right let's get into it nutty in the squirrel shit Yes, let's get into. Um, while I was <laughs> investigating and reading and and researching and uh, figuring <laughs> it all out, 
um, I came upon something that was definitely nuttier than squirrel shit. So, shout outs to Reverend Al Sharpton. But not in a way that's, uh, we're going to put him in this category. And I hate to put him in this category because, you know, he's done some great shit. You know, excuse me for the black community. But I'm going to have to call him out today, this week, mm. yeah, on this episode. Mm. Reverend Al Sharpton actually has been separated. A lot of people don't know this for 17 years from his wife, right? 17 years separated. So for our people <laughs> out here listening, that means he never, never filed for divorce in the past 17 years. He okay. recently filed for divorce um, in the month of February. And I have a problem with this because why would you think that is okay to keep a woman on the hook for the past 17 years of her life? And also for his wife, why did you think that was okay to even stay in that situation? How can you move on and be in a health, how can you be a healthy whole human being and be separated from somebody for 17 years? I, I want to know how that works. How does yeah. that work? You know people that were born before the Voting Rights Act <laughs> You know they they got some some uncanny ways, girl. And come on, you now listen. You know this is common older black practice. Or and I'm not saying everybody don't do it, but I can only speak to the experience that I've lived. And I've seen a lot of you live. Come on, living separate lives. And then they pass away. And guess what? The woman who you think was the wife. Ain't the wife, he got a first wife, okay? They get all them things. This is why we got to stop with these hood divorces, especially our people, Black people. If you're done, be done. In a court of law, have a divorce decree with a seal on it. Not, I got my own house and she got her own house and we don't go over each other's mother house for Christmas no more. Uh, but, but and she got a new man and I got a new woman, but we, we ain't together. We divorced. It's just ain't on paper. You're married. And you go out here and get an accident and lay up in the hospital. They're going to call who you're married to on paper to make decisions. Marriage is a contract whether we like it or not. Exactly. And now to know he know better up there looking like a Sharpie. Okay? Because <laughs> we know he done lost about 35, 45 pounds. But that's another story. However... You know what? I wasn't even gonna go ahead. I'm going to address it because he is abnormally skinny and it's okay. He said he's doing his health thing. I get it. But what is not healthy is your relationship, sir. Why have you been why have you been separated 17 years, sir? I have a real issue with that. And that is a issue that we need to address with our what? As TT said, our communities and y'all brothers need to stop it. Why would you be in as they say, entanglements like this. Like, you should have been left. You should have been signed on paperwork and move on. Like, Wait, I, I, I just knew that man was, I don't know. I did not know. I just knew he was married and that was, he was, yeah, I thought that was he was it. actually married. Yeah, I didn't I, know. Well, it ain't our business, I guess. You know? I guess it ain't our business, I mean, but 
but he definitely classifies under art. He definitely classifies under nuttier than squirrel shit because you thought that is okay to be separated for 17 years. And anybody that thinks, okay, <laughs> you need to stop because that's not a separation. Yeah. You've been divorced three, four times uh... without the paperwork. Get divorced. If you don't want to be mm. with her, listen, I guess he thought it was cheaper to keep her, but you need to let her go, sir. Let her go. I, I need to move on. Let her move on. That is just the weirdest setup. I mean, I would not be able to. My spirit wouldn't settle right. I, I, I couldn't. I would need to have that thing finished. And people like to say, oh, yes, more to than you think. And divorce is a lie. And we got to split up everything. And this, that, and the third. But it's just like, come on. There's an order to things. And, and a lot of times I feel like we don't want to accept that when it comes to certain things. There's just an order to it. And, we, and, and as much as we don't like it, you get married, that's legal, legally bonded. And that's why we said a couple episodes ago, marriage is in hard to get, easy to get into, hard to get out of. Exactly. So, you know, you got to go with these things with an understanding. Of course, if you're married for a substantial amount of time, significant amount of time, you may have developed assets together and those things. And I'm sure that's never easy, right? Again, I don't claim to know something I haven't walked and I hope I never have to. Yes, but I can see those around me that I've seen, you know, divorce at any socioeconomic status. There is a lot, right? And mm -hmm. literally breaking down one life and making it two, right? And so I get that, but come on. But then there's this come on now. And again, this is a symptom of a larger problem that you mentioned, which is true. We are good for this roundabout backdoor way of handling business. Exactly. And look, even to piggyback off of what you're saying, you spoke on this last episode when we talked about our emancipation. These, you got all these business ideas, but don't got the business behind the ideas. You have yeah. no idea what it takes to actually move forward in certain circumstances and situations. Listen, I am from Brooklyn, New York. Reverend Al Sharpton is from New York. I respect you for just ultimately being from my city. You have done great yes. things in our community, but you are dead wrong for having this situation. You come on, man. 17 come on, as a leader, yeah. 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 As a leader, 17 years separated, and you just filed for divorce. Get on with that, sir. And, 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 and what and what prompted that? <laughs> Hello. Hello. We don't know. Listen, we don't know the backstory, folks, but we know that that divorce, you can look it up. It, it was filed this year. Well, so, prompted right after 17 years. You know what I'm saying? But again, ain't my business. Let me stay out of there. But what we do know is it is not even squirrel shit. Reverend Al, come on. Come on. Reverend, Reverend Al, Al, come on. We're going to say what it is. We respect you. You have been a leader in the community, but we're going to call you out, sir. We got to do yeah. it. We got to do it. So that's up next is okay. So I guess we do have. I'm gonna just say this: them people let that man get away with his mess. That's all I can mm -hmm. even get out. I can't get. I can't get mm -hmm. nothing else out. Um, you know what, sis? The the Tang toddler has striked again. <laughs> the Tang toddler has striked again. Um, so I, I mean, like you said. It's really not much to be said on this particular topic, but what we can say is that we're not surprised, right? We're not surprised at all. At all. Um, we knew what the outcome would be at this point. Uh, if we want to be completely transparent, 
uh, America is racist. And I'll say that and I'll take ownership mm-hmm. of that. So anybody wants to DM me and add me, it's the truth. Um, and white America, for those who not who are not our allies, have always had the opportunity to do what they want. And without consequence. Yes, without consequences. They are afforded, they are afforded something we will never be afforded. And that's that is to be irresponsible with life. Woo! And a lack of humanity that they God. Okay. Okay. They don't care about humanity. They don't care about humanity. We're not humane in their eyes. But let me tell you one thing: we are. We are humane. We are human, and we do everything they do. They don't want to accept it. Mm-mm. But I will. What I will acknowledge that the Tang toddler, he was gonna come up off of this, and yeah. for any, and anyone that voted to let him get past his treason mm-hmm. that he had committed. Mm-hmm. And the the crimes against humanity that he has committed. Let me tell you something. It's a special place for you. And I ain't going to tell you where you're going, but you're going to go there. Because you mm-hmm. committed to actually being an accomplice to his crimes. And, and, and I hope. <laughs> I was curious. So. That's not right. So I'm <laughs> I'm gonna keep it to myself. I'm gonna keep it to myself. But yeah, that's it. That's right. You said it, sis. Everything. I don't have nothing else to add because it's the truth. You sitting up here and gotta look at this mess and talk about something. And I oh say, can't you see by the dawn's early light what's so proudly we held? Where? Where? Exactly. Exactly. Where? You talking about a kneel, a respect. That, when we see this right here, because if Barack would have just said, I'm finna go to the house. <laughs> go to the house. And when I come back, and when I come back, I'm gonna pop the trunk. He wouldn't even get, the, the, I'm shooting everybody part out before they would have tackled him and shot him just for saying that. It was a threat to national security. He said he was gonna go get his homeboys from Chicago, from the shot, and they was coming in. Oh, you think the his homeboys from the shy would have the vice lords and them would have been able to run up on the Capitol for 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 Burio? If we please, look, look, absolutely agree and and look all and you ain't speaking nothing but the truth because we know what the situation would have been if Barack Hussein Obama was in office. But as I stated, and as we agree, the Tang toddler, because he's a toddler, so he gets treated like a child. We will, we shall forgive his sins. No, mm-hmm. we shall not. Mm-hmm. And, and y'all better get in vote and take note of all of these daggone congressmen and senators. I don't care the bellhop, anybody that supported this mess and vote. Because listen, shut up about the general election if you're not going to talk about these local elections. Where you lay your head is what matters and affects you the most. It affects your daily life. It's the difference between if our young men make a mistake is the book thrown at them because of some some gung-ho D act. District attorneys get voted on, okay? State's attorneys, okay? Your councilmen and women. 
these people that's lifeless that haven't done anything for their district and because we don't do the research on these people and because we grew up hearing their names we are we're going to just keep voting them in voting them in these are the things we have to pay attention to especially us those of us who were right at the 25 to 45 that age range where you where, where we're kind of we're not in school anymore right so a lot of us may not be on the front lines of the protest, right? We got to understand we all have our place in the struggle. We can't all be in the street, right? Mm -hmm. But those of us who really have the, some economic footing, right? We're young enough to not have the mentality of the boomers, the millennials, you know what I mean? Yeah, or exactly. older Gen X, Gen Zers that are like, you know, we, we need to really start paying attention and trying to get some more people in office that are within our dim age demographic because they can yes have a good career and see some of the policies that they champion come to fruition but they are old young enough to still relate Ooh, and absolutely. we're not going to get our contemporaries in office if we don't run if we don't support them and 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 push for them to mm -hmm. run for these offices yes no exactly and I'll sum that up with an example that I feel like she fits what you just exactly talked about. Corey Bush. That is yes. Oh, yeah. She, that's a bad sister. Yeah. Uh -huh. She is a bad sister. She exemplifies when you vote for people that look like you speak to your to your particular struggles in your community. She is the person that I feel like exemplifies what we need, you know? And we have to continue, as you stated, to fight for that image, right? Because that's important. You know what I mean? Like, if that person doesn't exemplify your community, don't vote for them, period. That's just how I feel. Uh, we cannot continue to vote people in because they've been there for a while and they know the they know the ropes. No, it's not about knowing the ropes. If we want to change something, we have to push that narrative, we have to push that curve. We have to get around that. It is about you actually putting forth the energy to investigate, research what those policies are, who these people represent, their their actual, you know, where they come from. You know, have they lived in your community? Do they understand your community? Our community is important, but if we don't have people that look like us and and exemplify our nuances within our community we are set in these ways and and this is just not fair and we have to do more to actually you know move forward yeah. move the dial and that's just how i feel yeah. and i totally agree and i'll just give a shout out Corey bush i love you hey Corey bush holla at us maybe we need to shoot our shot with her for real I mean, look, I mean, we got, we got a lot of good things to talk about. So I, I definitely agree with that. But yeah. yeah. Totally sis, like it, it's, it's nuttier than squirrel shit that this whole trial went on and it, it, it was definitely a song and dance and tap show and we it was live on TV. And everybody, everybody look cute, you know, mm -hmm. everybody look cute. They look cute. They look good. And, um, the outcome was <laughs> what it was unfortunately so yeah um stay empowered all right stay 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 informed so we can continue to to move forward right mm. all right so with that being said i think we can head on over to the quarter corner
hey, quarter corner. We in here. Yeah. Well, we have come to the last piece of our Love and Family series. Well, this installment of the Love and Family series. We're going to have um, different installments of this series. So this is the first set of chats. So we spent the past four episodes taking a real good dive into marriage, singlehood, in-laws, Black women showing up and, and ripping up the struggle checklist as we kick this off. So we felt that we wanted the bookends for this series to deal with um, the individual sex. So we started off addressing Black women. And so for this episode, we're just going to speak a little bit to Black men and where we feel there is a lack of protection um, around Black women as a whole, but specifically by Black men. Because again, we can talk all day about the oppression and the things that we face collectively, but we also have to have our private conversations surround with each other surrounding how we interact. And not just when it's always on a romantic level, but just a baseline of how we engage as Black people. And one thing I'll just say that I have noticed is that there is not a baseline of engagement. There is no general respect that we have or, or, or sense of protection that Black men exude as a collective when it comes to encountering Black women. And again, that, that can speak to, we can go back to prior episodes and talk about the breakdown of the household. When you, every woman in your life has only served you or served a purpose and protecting women isn't something that's instilled in you, right? Because a lot of men, interaction with women, it only extends to what the benefit of that relationship is to him. So it's my mother who, who raised me. It's my wife who fits in a certain structure because if I lead the household, again, we talked about money and control, right? Then I can set things up where everything pretty much suits me, right? That outside of that, there's no intergenuine interaction with women, much like with white supremacy, where a lot of the issues come in with a lot of white people not having non-transactional relationships, right, with people of color, of black people. With black men, if you don't have any relationships with women that are simply relationships with a woman, right, that are not familial bonds, again, or when a woman is in some sort of service to you, how do you move? I mean, and... I'll just put this out here, you know, and Keita, please jump in. Okay. Um, Warren and I had a conversation a couple of, maybe out of a couple months ago. And I don't know what we were talking about, but it somehow ventured on the general, oh, it was, we were having a conversation around this Me Too stuff and, you know, somebody had some allegations. I can't remember the person right now, mm-hmm. but, you know, that kind of conversation. And I said to him, I said, it's just sad because I haven't, again, speaking from the experience of as a Black woman, where I'm from, mm-hmm. coming from that perspective, 
Yes. I've never really seen, again, a collective feeling or felt a collective feeling of protection in general when I'm surrounded around Black women. And let's speak honestly here. If you go up to your nearest gas station, I don't care what damn time of day it is. As a Black woman, you are not going to be uplifted. Most likely, if you see a group of Black men, you are hesitant to walk past them. And I don't care what kind of man you are that's listening, who you hang out with, there is a woman in your life, if not all of them, that if you ask them and you play exactly what I said to them and said to them, do you feel protected when you see Black men in public? It's probably going to be a resounding no. You are absolutely right. And I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that. So I'll give a uh, personal story. Growing up in New York, I went to get my hair done. Okay. You know, walking down the street. And I remember walking past a group of black males and it was my friend and I, we, you know, we just walking and they were trying to holler. We like, ah, oh, whatever. We're not paying no attention. And then the next mm-hmm. thing I came off was a curse word. F you bitch, you bougie B, da, da, da. And I'm just like, you ain't all that anyway. Yeah, you ain't all that anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's because I won't talk to you. You, yeah. you got a whole attitude. And like, like you said, how am I supposed to be protected by you if you disrespect me Constantly. as soon as you don't get what you want yeah what you want and i was like that was just a young a young early lesson in life as a 16 17 year old like this is how our community operates in, in certain spaces like why would you do that why did you think that was okay to curse me out because i didn't want to talk to you and I, felt yeah. and I felt like I had to be on guard. And I felt like if he roll up, I'm going to have to do something to him. I mean, yeah. And that's how we feel in general. Look at the sister member in Harlem. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the store. Mm-hmm. And because she wouldn't let the dude pay for her stuff. He, they, they attacked her. Exactly. And that's that, you know, this willingness to, or this almost this readiness to disrespect mm-hmm. black women get uplift women of other races who have black features because we're going to touch on that too yes exactly because y'all want everything about about a black woman but a black woman oh okay for the people in the back you heard what she said and that is so true because we we understand how that ig be hitting while y'all looking okay (laughs) but y'all not looking at us y'all looking at everything but us you want everything about us. You want the ass, you want the chest, you want the lips, you want the hips. Half of them talking like us or trying their best. You like it. And that's the thing. Our culture is, is it's the most appropriated, mimic, whatever you imitate it, whatever you want to call it. And you love it on other women, but not on us. The very things, again, because you said this a couple episodes ago, you got too much mouth, but Certain other women, what's this called? Spicy. Spicy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. That is so true. You know, so what is that about, brothers? Like, collectively, we need to come to just some terms of engagement. Like, how 
when you're in public, I mean, I don't know if we need to have a black like symposium. We vote as a as a race on the census. They send us votes based on if you did the census or something. I don't know. And we decide on a committee that just comes up with a black code of ethics. Because like, come on. And I'm sure people have done it. I know that y'all. I know we have plenty of scholars who have attempted to do this. But I'm talking about some modern day rules for our community. And that's saying if you don't abide by this and if you hurt our women, because what we got to accept too as a people is as much as we don't want to admit it, people watch us. Yes, they do. They watch us. And how we treat each other. Exactly. And I said what I said. You're absolutely right. I mean, we can go into, and we will go into, um, just where it comes to our community, right? And Black women, we always show up. It is proven. It is factual. It is in data. Women, black women should always show up, right? Always, yes. But we know black women, unfortunately, we have to question do black men show up? Then on top of that, is it a consistent thing that you show up? Because a lot of y'all show up right. necessary for you and not necessary for Yeah. Black and that's the problem. It's siloed. It's, again, this is what's crazy to me. Some of y'all the biggest dirt bags ever. And then you have a daughter and expect the world to respect her because she's your daughter. <laughs> whose, daughter whose daughter did you respect? Uh, hello. hello. Right? But because you put a, a girl out in the world, everybody's supposed to treat her right. Why? Because half of y'all don't want your daughter ending up with somebody like you. Uh, right. Let them know. But, you know... It, it, it's, it's, it can't just be my sister, my mother, my aunt, my cousin. It has to be our women, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm going to give you, I'm going to just like there's been situations where you see, you know, maybe some sisters fighting or like a brother doing something to a sister. And I have seen this. It's, it's happened to me where a man will be disrespecting a sister. Again, Keita, like around the same age, being younger, and the other black men don't check that man. It becomes the what about ism. It becomes the it becomes the you know, um, well, I don't know what happened, or you know, he you see, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It becomes a lot of excuses and, and you know, even down to just because a lot of, and let's be real, a lot of y'all don't think think because you don't put your hands on a woman, you're not abusive. But a lot of y'all swell up on women in a way to intimidate them. And you shouldn't even be doing that. I totally agree. Because they don't realize that you are actually what you're doing. You are putting these boundaries, these expectations, these rules of how this woman should approach you in a way that's actually very terrifying that's very negative that's very abusive and then people don't really want to accept emotional abuse because emotional abuse doesn't seem real so emotional abuse isn't real to a lot of people because it's not oh well you don't have any scars on the outside of you but emotional abuse is (laughs) 
can be as damaging as physical abuse. So a lot of times we're not accepting that in our community. It's like, oh, well, he talks to me crazy. It doesn't matter. No, it does matter because you don't accept that, really. You don't condone that behavior. But since it isn't a mark on your body and it's not a scar, you just kind of like, it's okay. No, it's not okay. He's talking to you crazy and you don't feel good behind this behavior and this engagement isn't positive, but you just accepting it because it's like, oh, it's not a physical scar. So I can just skate back. Yep. You can't skate past yep. that. We got to yep. stop skating past that. Him mm-hmm. calling you a B-I-T-C-A. A bitch, yep. Yeah. And he disrespecting you and he putting you down and telling you all these negative things. That is abuse, ladies. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That engagement is abusive. You got to call yeah. a thing a thing. He ain't got to knock and, you in the head. He yeah. Head. And, and what it does is it's showing you that even if he doesn't hit you, I got the propensity to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotta pay attention to signs. You cannot disregard that. And even if that's what you were accustomed to seeing people do, doesn't make it right. A man is always aware of his strength, his physical strength, and his presence. Because that's when you know a man. When he understands that his presence can be intimidating, there's a way that he speaks to you mm-hmm. and moves with you. And this is why we talked about, too, getting to know people before you commit to them because you need to see a man angry before you decide you want to marry him. You all go out here marrying people. Oh, I've never seen them get upset. They never get mad. And that be the one that kill you and bury you in the backyard. Well, exactly. You need to see their range of emotions. Mm-hmm. because then if you don't you're not going to know how they handle them until it's too late absolutely you don't want Listen. to be on the first 48 okay Listen. Mm-hmm. you don't want to be on that mm-hmm. but yeah I mean we like like no absolutely we touching on that like that whole like we show up right we, we fight for our black men they don't necessarily fight for us we engage in certain behaviors and then we allow certain things to happen. And all of that is detrimental to the black woman and, and what we stand for, because we, unfortunately, a lot of y'all don't show up for us the way we need y'all to, but then you know, when the, well, I show up for my mama, I show up for my sister. Yep. That does not matter. Family members don't count for you actually showing up for black women. That's not your baseline. It shouldn't be your baseline. Or, it should not. Or or black women that you're just sexually attracted to. Exactly. exactly. It means the ha- it means the fat black woman. It means the dark skinned black woman. Yes. It means the bald black woman. It means yes. the black woman that that don't that 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 don't speak mm-hmm. that doesn't speak standard or proper English. Exactly. exactly. It's the hood sister. It's whatever sister. Now yes. don't get me wrong. We also had some conversations that we gotta have as women amongst black women with each other and how we conduct ourselves too. But right now, black men, we dealing with y'all. Right. Absolutely. We're dealing with we y'all. We're dealing with y'all. Mm-hmm. It's for all black women, not just the ones you deem worthy of respect. Yes. The ones you deem worthy of respect. If that's your outlook towards women, you have a very skewed opinion, period. 
And we got to change that narrative. And we're here to talk about that narrative. That's that's not how you need to approach it. Black man, we, we're here to tell you. Like, if you say you for us, then you for all of us. You don't have to... It's not about, oh, I'm just for the chick I'm attracted to. And I'm going to respect the woman that I actually feel like I have can have a relationship with. That's not enough. You stand up for us in all corners and all facets. Whatever we look like, however we present... You respect that because you you need to understand our struggle because we all have a struggle. The same way you show up in the world and we worried about you getting pulled over by the cops and if something's going to happen to you, the same thing can happen to us. You need to care and feel that way about us as well. And, and that's what we yep. have to see y'all. Like, yep. And, and y'all got to stop like, even with just like how some of y'all engage with black women online. Just this whole willingness to call us whores and sluts mm-hmm. and, you know, and, but you never come out with anything positive or if it's positive is to wave some woman that you deem worthy of respect in other women's face. Ooh. But you quiet about the issues and the struggles that we face. But you had a whole think piece on why. While we've been in, while we've been um everything and 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 bees and hoes and bend over for twenty five years and you ain't said a word. Now you conscious and now you and now you care about the image of the black family. Listen, you look. That is true. Like y'all haven't been checking for a lot of who we are because you didn't care to invest in our feelings because you were selfish. And I'm gonna say that. A lot, a lot of y'all selfish, and you say, "Hey, it's about me. It's how I feel. I gotta go out in this world. I gotta get this. I gotta get." No, we go through the same struggles. The only difference is, is a male and it's a female. But black people have a unique struggle. We have a struggle that we can actually relate to, and despite gender roles, it's still a struggle. So you can't give me and come back in my house and tell me that, oh, I'm going through something different than you know. We 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 have similarities in what we're going through. So respect that struggle as well. And and reality is women had to go out and get it anyway, because unfortunately, black men weren't able to get it. Why? Because black women were actually able to get jobs before black men. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's what's yeah. real. So we we hold these burdens on our on our chest. We we know we have to keep our families together. But when you don't come together and join us in that unit that was destroyed and wanted to be destroyed over years, and and unfortunately these slave owners wanted to destroy that black family unit, and you go over here and you actually perpetrate these situations and these issues, you are part of the problem, brother. Yep, part of the problem. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, I'm gonna say this you know, hey, you decide you don't want a black woman, that's fine, but keep your mouth off of black women. And I'm gonna tell you something else. And y'all, I don't know what this is, but you shouldn't be allowing anyone that is not a part of our community to talk down on our women mm-hmm. and our people. I don't care. How, how, who you laying up with? They'll never get the privilege of dis- disrespecting us. And a lot of y'all let that fly too. 
a lot of y'all let that fly. And listen, if she ain't part of it, she don't have nothing to say. And you need to no. check her, period. Yeah. Listen, yeah. if she's of a different persuasion, it's okay. Ain't nobody knocking it. But what we are saying is that you respect the woman, the mother you came out of, and your siblings and everybody else related to you. If you have to knock another black woman down to exemplify the woman that you prefer to have in your life, you got an issue, sir. That's what that is. Vogue. Essence. (laughs) Issues, for real. You do. Absolutely. You have a issue and you have some insecurities you need to fix. Because I ain't going to never, listen, whoever I date, whoever I'm with, black. I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to knock a black man down. Never. Mm-mm. Why would I? So yeah, y'all gotta, y'all really gotta chill on that, and we just gotta figure out what and how we want to move with each other. Because it can't, because it, because it can't be, it, it can't be, you know, the status quo. What we've been doing, we've got to. Make sure that our young sisters and brothers see how they should move with each other, mm-hmm. how they should go about. And that needs to become a thing where we know in the presence of Black people, it needs to go beyond just the nod. Mm-hmm. We got to get beyond the nod. That's cute. But there needs to be a sense of protection. And yes, to some degree, a sense of if we got to gather each other, yeah. But there needs to be a collective understanding that if other, you know, when two gather in my name, what? <laughs> I am like, for real. Because yeah. this whole, we got to stop it. We shouldn't as Black women. And that, y'all don't understand how we are conditioned at such a young age to have to learn how to operate and maneuver around y'all. And it's not right to protect ourselves. Because y'all be cat calling some children. Mm-hmm. Men and cat calling me since middle school. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, and not just curvy young ladies either. Cause I looked like a 12 year old at 12. And it's 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 you know and 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 another layer to this is. This is just a, a, in general, a very hard thing to have to accept. But I think in order to, I know for me, in order to evolve and to grow, you have to accept Black men in particular, that some of these OGs and some of your uncles and your daddies who you admire and they're your symbols of manhood are actually very toxic and that in your admiration of them, you picked up some of their toxic characteristics. Mm-hmm. And you'll never hear me use the word toxic this much again because it gets on my nerves because y'all <laughs> ran it ran like them Louis Vuitton never fools. I've said it again. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's okay. If that uncle was all you had, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. That's cool. But some of what that uncle or some of what your daddy gave you ain't right and the daggone sure ain't gonna fly in 2020 so some of y'all want to because it's this idea too that 
women are something black women are something to be controlled or trained mm. by dogs yeah no, right absolutely. absolutely um it's this con- misconception right that we are so you know opinionated and rowdy and you know you need to have, you have to put us down in order for us to um submit right and i hate to use the word submit because that's overused but that's the truth you feel like we have to submit and, and submission isn't really relevant at this point the the point is if you are a man that this woman should be aligned with it's going to naturally fall in place and that's just what it is so the whole submit thing and being submissive throw that out the window if you are meant for this woman, this woman's meant for you, everything will fall in place. But for you to actually think that you need to train somebody and put somebody in a position where they have to be submissive to you, you got the game messed up anyway. That's not how that go. Because if you love somebody and you care for them, they will naturally feel comfortable enough to let their guard down. If you protected us, we would let our guard down. And that's what you don't understand. Black women have no problem letting our guard down if we feel we are in the presence of protection. But if you don't present that protection, if you exemplify these qualities and these characteristics that show otherwise, then yes, we are going to protect ourselves. And that's just what it is. We will, we... When you are led, right? When you are in the presence of somebody who can lead, you will be led. Exactly. You will follow. Exactly. But there's, there's, it's, it's not. If you really, really, if brothers really, I think, think about, think about it. Like, you collectively holding women with decency and respect and truly looking out for other sisters. Keep an eye out. Like, y'all just be so clueless. I'm going to give you another example. Learn. And, 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 and especially if, if you have any young men in your life, you know, let them hear this. Because this is so important. Black men, read a room. And what I mean by that is, again, it stems back from a little bit of ago. We touched on this in the prior episode talking about workplace etiquette you know every time you see a black woman that you find attractive it does not mean you're in the environment or that it is the time to try to push up on her because what I find very interesting is y'all only pull a lot of that stuff with us it's when you when you interact with other women you know how to act you know running up on women when they are alone at night Cause you like her body. Exactly. Like I totally agree. Like we, cause you just show up all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> like, no, like you come in here and you want to be respectful and have manners in certain situations. But to us, you want a cat call. You want to say, Oh, what's up with you? And then you get mad if we don't want to talk to you. And that's a problem. Like that is a yeah. problem. Like that's how I feel. Like, you can't re- be respectful to one particular group of women or a woman that doesn't look like you and doesn't look like your mama and your sister. You want to be like, oh, I can talk to you any type of way because you feel this, you 
know, you're familiar with it, right? You're familiar with this type yeah. of person. But I this, mean, it's all the time. Yeah, all the time. And that, and, and the fact that you feel like that person that looks like you needs the familiar, the familiarity is this level of dis- disrespect is a problem because that means right. that you know, household, you were disrespectful. Because I've seen y'all move with uh, women. I see black men move with women of other races, and I've seen the re- and I, and again, everything is historical. The reservation, you're not going to interact with certain women a certain way because you know its consequences if that woman says you said or did something inappropriate with her, right? But like with us, prime example, like I said, a lot of y'all, because y'all see a nice behind or, or, or whatever, you feel like you get to speak on it. <laughs> it's, again, that's not like, why are you yelling at her down the street that her ass is fat? What are you doing right now? And y'all don't understand that that makes us feel uncomfortable. Right. Right. And a lot of these behaviors, it's y'all, you know, oh, and, and, if, and a lot of times y'all get offended, like we're supposed to think it's complimentary. I don't know you. And the first thing you've ever said out your mouth is screaming an obscenity about one of my body parts. And you want me to be comfortable with it. Absolutely. And that's the problem, right? So, and I, I'll give a quick example. You know, we we both grew up in you know major cities, and uh, I remember being on the train, and um, I was sitting there, and it was a group of men. And I was just like, okay, this kind of weird, because they kept looking at me. I got off the train at a particular stop that wasn't my stop, and then got back on because I felt like they were looking at me and following me. So I felt this level of intimidation. I felt this level mm-hmm. of like, okay, all right. I don't know what the, how they moving, but I know mm-hmm. I got to move a certain way. And they were black men, and I'm like, that's not cool, right? I shouldn't feel like this. There but, you go. And then you have these examples, or you have these situations that a lot of us can't relate to as black women, where as you speak to, where why do you feel that you gawking at me or looking at particular parts of me is actually appealing? That's not appealing. If you want to talk to me, that's not the way you talk to me. That's like, not the way you talk to raping her with your eyes. Because that's what a lot of y'all do. You yeah. didn't already get it to me with your eyes. So what is there to discuss at this point? Yeah, absolutely right. Like, that's not how you approach us. But the other part of that, as you stated, is that you don't do every woman like that. You do us like that. Because black right. women, yes, black women have been what? Overly sexualized, right? But this right. is what I'm saying. Exactly. But you act right in a group in a room full of di- a different women. You would never, 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 never would you do that. Never would you consider that. And statistically, you can look this up. Black little girls are not looked upon as little children. No, nope. and as grown women. So you hollering about your daughter? Do you understand your daughter at twelve is a grown woman? So a lot of people. Yep. <laughs> So you need to protect her. You need to protect us. And you need to understand that our protection is necessary and needed for the evolution of our community. Because if you don't protect us, how are we supposed to operate in this world? How are we supposed to defend ourselves? Yep. Women don't want to defend. We don't want to wake up and have to defend ourselves. We want to rely on our black men to protect us as well. We do. Yeah. 
I, I really need y'all to, that's the biggest thing I need y'all to stop. Y'all have got to stop moving with us, start moving with us differently in public places. You have got to, y'all have got to stop. You see something, a woman that's nice looking, you look at her, you admire her, fine. And then you move on, you don't gawk. Just pay attention. She's not an object. And again, a lot of y'all, you wouldn't even approach women if you would take the time to observe their body language. Because a lot of y'all don't even pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to repeat myself. You don't pay attention to body language. Half the time, if you pay attention, you stop and look at her, you can tell whether or not she's interested in you approaching her. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. Um, and we just want really for y'all, us to just really have black men you know and 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 again and 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 the most important piece is just having conversations with other black men black men y'all gotta check each other we as black women can't we can hopefully influence you to move differently but y'all have to hold each other accountable no absolutely you have to hold we have to you have to hold yourself accountable black men and don't get offended when we as black women say hey you need to change your perspective you need to change your ideal you need to change your attitude towards us and that's what we need to tell you and you shouldn't be offended by that you need to understand that we are saying this from a loving place black women have always been the backbone of black men of of our society of our culture you know we know that we were able to go into the workforce and work right when you weren't able to so we respect you and love you in the way that we know we have to but we need that reciprocated and that's all we're asking for period yeah that's it that's all i mean and that's really just what we wanted we just wanted to really have a brief full conversation i mean because this is it's several pieces to this and this will be a continuing theme for us I'm sure we'll even probably bring in a black male um guest of ours brother to just you know kind of wait in on this because it's really in order for things to change we can't just have one-off we have to have consistent dialogue about how we're gonna move as a people and as a community so that is quarter corner um let's move on to off the field okay we are off the field so this is a very um unique and cool thing we thought of so you know we are exemplifying you know the black community and definitely our black men so we wanted to showcase a business um on this particular episode a black male owned business and we're going to talk about this business and i'm excited it's a very unique business so we're going to talk about a gentleman named kwame white so kwame white is the founder and ceo of w.s.e.l bags and he makes a product that's very unique it is a modern day diaper bag designed for full-time dads on the go 
And Ooh. right, this is so exciting. Mr. White came up with this idea after looking for a bag to carry while he was taking care of his son, Kobe. This is when he realized that most of the products he saw were designed and appealed to women. So this is a young black man, Mr. Kwame White. He said, hey, I am a dad. I am involved and I'm, I need to create a bag for, you know, the, for a man like we can carry. So this is like super dope that he even created this. And we are actually, you know, so excited about highlighting this business in particular and we will definitely shout him out. You guys to check him out. We will link a description of his Black Enterprise article in our description box for the episode. And if you want to follow him, he def- definitely has an IG page. His IG page is at, at Diaper Bags for Dad. And that is spelled D-I-A-P-E-R-B-A-G-S-F-O-R-D. AD diaper bags for dad and that will be linked in the description box so this is a cool business it's very unique business so shout out to Mr. Kwame White for you know being the founder of this business and you know it's cool like dads that are involved so shout out to him the star of the field oh amazing Kwame White sir this is an amazing amazing item and you know because if you think about it he has tapped into Kwame Kwame you know if you got if you need a little bit of because Kwame I have this whole diaper bag movement for men is 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 speaking to black fatherhood which is never spoken to and he is even revolutionizing showers because now that you're having unisex baby showers here's a dad gift yes Kwame White oh my god and you can do a whole Instagram campaign of dads being gifted your diaper bags at the unisex baby shower I done gave you a whole marketing call me because I'm telling you this is amazing so we're happy to feature you um best of luck and we're going to post all of his information in the description box all right yes exciting all right so now it's retired code switching so you know this week we want to switch it up you know right now you know we just wanted to plug you know our actual email address we want to reach out to our audience our village if you have a question, you know, related to what you've heard, you know, recently on Code Switching, please, please, please do email us at uncomfortablequeenspodcast at gmail.com. We are happy to respond. We will respond to your question on air in our next episode. So, you know, if you have something related to what we recently talked about, um, as far as like, you know, any career advice, anything we can help with, definitely email us at uncomfortablequeenspodcast at gmail.com. We will also plug that email address for you um, in our description box as well. We would love to hear from our audience. Yes. Oh, we would love to hear from you. Please continue to send us your awesome questions. You all have given us some great things to discuss and remember if you want to just share a story something that's going on at work something you did 
to just empower yourself. I mean, anything can be for our, in, along those lines, can be for our Retire Code Switching segment. But we also want to let you know that with our next um, episodes, we're going to start a recap, um, I guess you will call it. We, Bukita and I both um, actually love, I got on the train like in season four, but three. Yeah, but um, Queen Sugar, we think, is we stand all things Ava DuVernay, uh, a a great, she is a great, in my opinion, she has already solidified herself as a legend. But just the story, if you don't watch Queen Sugar, it tells the story of the Bordelon family, a family in southern Louisiana that has or owns a sugarcane farm. They own a substantial amount of land and it tells the story of this family's fight to keep the land in the family, but how that land brings them together and teaches them so many lessons and the ways that they are alike and, you know, the ways that they are different and everything surrounds the sugarcane farm. Um, we all know that. Of course, if we want to talk about, again, the field, the field, which is why Black in the Field is our title, is because the field was our first workplace, right? So the, this story stems from and talks about specifically sugarcane, which is not always mentioned in the conversation surrounding the major uh, crops, right? Cotton was known as King Cotton. You hear a lot about cotton and even the rice farms in South Carolina, but you don't hear a whole lot about the sugarcane and how there are Southern families who to this day are wealthy because of the labor of our fair people on sugarcane farms. You know, in the Caribbean, I know sugarcane farms are popular because remember, Louisiana is a very hot, damp place and certain crops thrive in certain climates. So this is, it's, the story is just so, so unique. Um, and we wanted to just start a recap. I'm sure there may be other podcasts that may be doing a deep dive, um, but he and I hadn't come across one yet. And we just thought because this show is not just significant in terms of just being a, a, a masterful, I mean, oh y'all. And when I tell you it's shot beautifully. Okay. Queen Sugar is shot beautifully. I mean, the cinematography is just, it's just beautiful. And but it, the the story is so layered and it's so relevant to our people and our struggle. And we just thought it would be a good show to give us some layers to kind of deep dive. So we're going to get into that. It premiered, the season five premiered last night, yesterday. Yes. So yes. Keith and I want to give it a couple episodes and then we'll do a nice little uh, recap. Um, and what we'll do is we'll do a couple of episodes, you know, since we're a bi-weekly podcast and that way we're not just giving you too, too much, but we'll kind of do look a little, just kind of dive into each episode. And if it's something you guys want to come right along with, please do give us your, you know, opinions. Of course, we'll keep things going and conversations going on our Instagram page about the episodes, hopefully. So we just wanted to plug that and share that with you all. And it'll be a way to also keep us connected to you um, as we get into maybe the warmer months and we take hiatuses and begin to slow down. So Queen Sugar is going to be our first recap. So let's move forward now. I think 
we are at the end and we can go ahead and free ourselves and emancipate ourselves. So Tita, you want to go ahead and get it off your chest. What you got? Yes, I am ready to emancipate myself. It's emancipation time, listening audience. So I have a very interesting story that I will share. <laughs> okay, so for me, I'm not necessarily the person that does the whole like, you know, auto takeout, you know, payment every month type person. But certain things I do, certain things are on auto pay for me. And I have a particular bill that I keep on auto pay. No, for what you know, it works for me. That's how I move with that. I recognize that I received an email, and that email stated that, "Oh, you're like behind, and you have a late fee." I'm like, "What? It's on auto pay. How? How is it a late fee? I got the money in the account. Okay, cool." So I give this particular organization a call, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, um, you're late. You're behind." Da da da. I said, "Well." I received an email on December 29th, and I'm going to preface that, which was last year, stating that the auto pay that I set up for this particular account was, you know, established that day. So they did a little investigation. Oh, it wasn't established that day. So somebody didn't do their, you know, didn't put it in. Oh, okay. I said, okay, since they didn't put it in, you know, you guys, I will not be charged for late fees because it's not late. It means that no one established the payment plan that I set up. So the person on the phone was like, yeah, I understand that. Da, 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 da. I was like, no, I don't know if you understand that. I mean, you're taking it very like nonchalant. So I was like, hey, let me speak to a manager. Okay, you can speak to a manager. And then this is where trick where I got a trick. The the young lady, the representative stated, well, it's just it's just human error. Like people make mistakes. Okay. No, I understand people make mistakes. I said, this isn't a mistake. It is now February. Mm -hmm. It is February. Uh -huh. And this payment 2021. Yeah, 2021. This payment plan was established December 29th, 2020. I have an email establishing that this payment plan went through. That means that that person didn't do their job. And that means that you're late oh. and you didn't do your job. So do I told I told I said look I am an IT recruiter I understand human error I understand the human condition very well because I talk to people all day so what you will not do is establish a baseline with me stating that this was just an error an error is okay January 1st it hasn't been established it is now February and it has not been established so I have a problem with that because what you're not going to do is do me in my face Thank you. So I was like, oh no, we we gonna have to check this because you know, unfortunately, we are in situations and and, and we we are within the world where people feel that they can just lag and not take their responsibility seriously. But you need to take your responsibility seriously. Do your job, and you need to show up. I'm not mad that it wasn't put in correctly. I am mad that you stated to me as a customer, as a consumer, that, hey, you need to understand it's human error. Man, if you don't get off my line with human error, I'm not worried about the mistake. I'm worried that you're not acknowledging the mistake. And if you cannot acknowledge mis the mistake that you made, that means you don't have no accountability and responsibility on your end. And you need to question and evaluate what you do for a living. Because I'm not going to argue about it. 
I'm just going to tell you that you're not going to charge me no late fees for something I have established as a auto pay and you're going to fix this and we're going to talk no more and you need to figure that one out. So I will be and I will forever be emancipated and I will speak my emancipation towards laziness. I don't, listen, I ain't lazy. I ain't perfect, but I ain't lazy. If you tell me I got to do something, I'm going to do it. But I ain't going to tell you it's human error. Because if I messed up on the situation and I didn't put in what I need to put in, I'm going to say, you know what, my bad. I'm going to fix it. But you're not going to tell me it's human error. You need to tell me that you made a mistake at your company and your organization and you need to fix it. But you're not going to tell me, hey, it's human error. Things happen. Uh, No, things don't happen. You decided to make it happen because you decided to take two and a half months in between the time that you stated you would fix this to continue to not fix the problem. So you know what? Screw your human error. Be responsible. And that's all I got to say. The eyebrows are gone. Come on now. Come on, okay. human error. What you talking about? You take all money, but it's a human error. Girl, if you just go and sit down. Go and sit down. You don't blew my eyebrows off, girl. You blew my eyebrows off. And I, you know, y'all come on, human error or somebody over there, human ain't doing with their job. That's what it is. When they job. Okay. That's girl. what it's like to me. Well. You know my benediction ain't gonna be long. I just <laughs> the benediction. This is this is for all my naturals. Um, y'all gotta stop with the hair texture discrimination because it's real, and we're gonna talk about how. A lot of y'all is hairstylists included. You only want to post videos of the, the, the chicks with the coils and the curls. Okay. All natural hair isn't sheeny and shiny with luster and doesn't mean it's unhealthy if it doesn't shine or have a luster. All natural hair doesn't look the same. Y'all gotta chill. Y'all gotta tell little black girls with full C hair that their hair is pretty okay because it starts from that age y'all gotta start really because I'm, I'm tired of y'all I'm tired of y'all and the natural hair community gotta stuff with it too and we gotta stop acting like y'all that all naturals are created equal because they aren't and that's why again I, yeah these 4C girls be out here living because little black girls with 4C hair like me need to see it and stop telling people they gotta lay their edges. You don't gotta lay your edges. If your edges is is, is kinky, that's because that's what I had does. Your puff don't gotta be sleek, and you still a ten. That's all I gotta say. Okay, so since you my since your eyebrows have been scorched, I'm gonna say that yeah, mines have been definitely laid down to the side. No, you're absolutely right. And personally, I I think it's whack. I think it's corny. Like that people have so much so much of an opinion about hair. Like 
your hair lay the way it lay, and if it don't lay, it don't lay. I, I just look at hair like this. You bald or you not bald. So in between that, if you got hair, you living. Like, what are we talking about? So I totally agree. We're going to stop putting out this image of, oh, something's wrong with your hair if it ain't sleek and gelled down and laid and fried to the side. It's nothing wrong with your hair, period. <laughs> Get over it. Totally. That's uh, it. That's, that's it. Y'all got to stop, man. And we got to make these full. And I, and I know some, it's a few of my natural 4C channels. I love and I've been following forever. I'm through, through, through multiple big chops and because I've done everything under the sun with my hair. But I'm just saying, like, we need more of that and we need to really push, you know, okay, teeny weeny froze. Okay. And sometimes, yeah, it's a struggle phase. A new natural doesn't always know what to do with her hair to make it look good. And those of us who've been there, we got to encourage the sisters that are transitioning or maybe in a teeny weeny fro phase and help her out. Get a little pair of earrings or something. Exactly. Exactly. I told Everybody you. can't do hair. And can't, and you know what I mean? Come on. Y'all got to, we got to stop. Yeah, we do. We got to stop. We got to have a, we got to stop with the discrimination, what your hair need to be, what people think your hair needs to be. Your hair is, where is that? how it is it's showing up the way it is and that's it that's all <laughs> anything else sis? nope we good I'm, I'm i'm cool i think we done gave him enough to hold him over for the next couple of weeks we have we have so we want to say thank you of course to our village please and of course like excuse me subscribe share the podcast Follow us on IG at Black in the Fields podcast. And we are grateful. We are blessed. And we are so happy to come here and give you all of what we got to give you guys. And we here, man. We here. And we are grateful. And we are blessed. And, you know, we out. We going to come back with that hot, you know, that hotness when we come back. You know? Fortune. Okay. Okay. All right. Be safe. Everybody, make sure you can take care of your bodies. Be on swivel out here. And, you know, stay stay empowered until we meet again. Yeah. Bye. Bye.